Welcome to Obedient Sheep, another uh, another installment here of what we've been talking about lately, just in regards to obeying God. How do we actually do this this thing called obedience? Right? We've been we've been looking at our key text again. It's John 10:27. Talks about my sheep know my voice, and they obey. Right, God is saying in this passage here that his sheep know his voice and, and he has communication with them and they with him and, the, and his sheep obey. So I want to talk to us today uh, about obedience again. And this, this message here is going to be titled, I Will Hurry to Obey. Now, I am a, a big fan of Psalm 119. It's one of my favorite chapters in the entire Bible. Yes, it is the longest one, but just, there's just creativity in how David is writing this one, or I, I assume it's David. Again, we're not really exactly sure on this, uh, not on all the uh, on all the different psalms there. But what we find in this one is this is one of those great poems where every line starts with a different Hebrew letter, right? There, there, there's there's packages of eights there. So if you look, if you know the Hebrew alphabet, you have Aleph, Bet. It goes on and on, and so we have, so in the first section, in Psalm 119, verses 1 through 8, all of those passages, all those scriptures, start with the Hebrew letter Aleph. Now, in our translation, it's not always going to be the same, but think of it this way. All the, the first eight verses, they all start with the letter A. The second eight verses all start with the letter B. Right, and it keeps going on like this, and this is what with this is what the author of Psalm one nineteen did in this in this instance here. So we have twenty two Hebrew letters, we have eight of uh, eight eight scriptures each. So it's a really great little poem on how David put, or again, whoever wrote it there. Uh, I'm assuming it's David, but uh, however they put it all together, we see this great poetry in place. But I really want to focus in today specifically on just one section. Uh, if you are following along in your Bible, we are going to be looking at, uh, what letter was it? It is Het, H-E-T-H, if you have it in your Bible there. And I want us to read it, and then I'm going to kind of dissect it a little bit for us as we go on today. So it starts here in verse 57. This is Psalm 119, verse 57. Lord, you are mine. I promise to obey your words. With all my heart, I want your blessings. Be merciful as you promised. I ponder the direction of my life. I'm sorry, I pondered the direction of my life, and I turned to follow your laws. I will hurry without delay to obey your commands. Evil people try to drag me into sin, but I am firmly anchored to your instructions. I rise at midnight to thank you for, for your just regulations. I am a friend to anyone who fears you, anyone who obeys your commandments. O oh Lord, your unfailing love fills the earth. Teach me your decrees. So I want us to kind of hone in on this portion of the, of the chapter today. And this phrase specifically, I will hurry without delay to obey your commands. So again, I've titled this, I Will Hurry to Obey. I want us to, to look at this obedient piece. And like I said, I want us to kind of dissect what David is saying in this section here. I want us to pretty much start, though, with an understanding 
that obeying the voice of God, that is all about communication. If you think about it, when God, when God speaks to us, He's looking to see what our reaction is going to be, what our direction is going to be. He's looking to see, are we going to be those who actually will do as he is asking us to do, or those who are going to kind of sit around and make excuses as to why we can't? How many times have you done that? It's a rhetorical question, but I can answer for myself. I can answer how many times I've done that uh, a lot. There have been a lot of times where God has told me to do something, to go in a certain direction, to, to, to stop doing this or start doing that or whatever it might be. And, and I have kind of looked at the or listened to what he's saying and, and weighed my options there and decided, mm, no, no thanks. I would rather do what I'm doing. I'd rather stay where I'm at. I'd rather continue on in this fun that I'm having uh, as opposed to following what you're asking me to do, God. And I would venture to say that I'm probably not the only one that would answer in that direction. I'm banking on the fact that there are probably others, maybe even you, who have done that same thing, that have said, mm, thanks for the suggestion, God. Now, again, he's giving us a command. He's giving us a a a form of a, a way of obedience that he's looking for us to follow in and yet we are here saying thanks for that suggestion but uh, no thanks his speaking to us God's speaking to us it's not meant as a suggestion it's meant as a do this he's looking for the obedience in what he's telling us so one of the points that I want to make about obedience, and I guess even really communication, is that we have to be close enough with God that we want to do what he is asking us to do, but even before that, that we want to hear what he's asking us to do. Do we, do we want to listen? My wife and I were joking last night. We were doing a uh, an online broadcast here with her business, and we kind of had a little joke going on in the background. She said something loudly, and I said, huh? And then she said something really quietly, and I knew exactly what she was saying. And so we kind of joked around about selective hearing, right? Uh, maybe you've heard that term before. And so what, what, what we were deciding was that I have as most people do, a version of select hearing, selective hearing, right? I hear what I want to hear, not always uh, what I should hear, or uh, vice versa. I don't hear what I want, what I should hear, you know? Uh, I, I don't want to hear take out the trash, right? Um, because, well, that means I got to get up and take out the trash. So I, I have selective hearing, but I would, hmm, I would hate to think, although I know it's true, I would hate to think that I have selective hearing when it comes to hearing God's voice. That's not the selective hearing that I want to admit. That's not the selective hearing that I want to know that I actually have. Um, so, 
Maybe you're in that same spot. Maybe, maybe as I'm talking about this, you're realizing, oh, man, there are times when God has asked me to do something and I have been selective in hearing his voice because I know that if he asks me to do something, I'm going to be accountable for having to do it, right? And so instead of that hurrying that we're going to talk about here, we have more of that delay. Hmm. I think I heard you, God. We know we did, right? But we're, we're going to play it off. I think I heard you, God, but I'm not really sure, so I'm just not going to do anything. The writer of this chapter, Psalm 119, is giving us something to think about. He's saying, I will hurry to obey. So let's take a moment here and let's just kind of break this down and, and see what we find as we go through this, this eight verses here. Lord, you are mine. I promise to obey your words. Right there. Right there. We have already have a challenge, right? So the first part is, Lord, are you really mine? Am I really in love with you? Am I really in communication with you? Do we really have a relationship? Right, so you got to answer that question first. Are you really his? He is definitely yours. Right? He has given everything that he has to you right now. He, to, to, to redeem you from this, from this junk that you might be dealing with, to redeem your life. He has poured everything, has invested everything to have a relationship with you. So he is definitely on board. But is this a one-sided relationship? Are, are you looking at him saying, yes, God, I am yours. Or are you looking at it and saying, I'm yours as long as it's good. As long as uh, we got some stuff happening that I can that I can benefit from, I'm yours. And that's not what this verse is saying. It says, Lord, you are mine. You are mine. I am committed to you. I'm in relationship with you. I'm in a covenant with you, God. Lord, you are mine. Think of it as as a married couple right when I married my wife I knew that at that moment that she was my bride in fact we even said that I you know I vowed to do this and this and this because you are my bride when we accept Christ into our hearts we pretty much are doing the same thing we're, we're, we're having a marriage ceremony but how much of that commitment did we mean or how much of that commitment have we continued on in Lord, you are mine. Is he really yours? Is he your portion? Is he your inheritance? Is he your everything? Lord, you are mine. I promise to obey your words. We're still in the first bit. This is still just verse 57. And we can already look there and we're challenged with the Lord, you are mine. But now we're also challenged because the writer here is saying, I promise to obey your words. Can we say the same thing? Do we have that same that same promise being spoken from us to God? I promise to obey your words, God. And we kind of just, again, I promise to obey your words as long as I get something out of it. I promise to obey your words as long as I benefit. That's not how this works. So are we are we promising? him that we're going to obey whatever he's asking have we vowed to him have we given him our word yes i'm gonna do it no matter what i'm going to obey 
That's what the writer here is saying. I promise to obey your words. I promise to observe everything that you asked me to do. Going on to the next verse, number 58. With all my heart, I want your blessings. Be merciful as you have promised. Ah. Now, with all my heart, I do want his blessings. But in order to get his blessings, there's something that I have to do. I have to be in right relationship with him. Now, God, he is merciful. He is going to bless me sometimes when I don't deserve it. I can tell you stories. I'll tell you one real quick. Um, I was having a, a uh, some car troubles at one time, and my car just died. Right? I mean, like I couldn't even start it. Even the mechanic came up and said, oh, your, your engine is fried, right? And at that time, I was not living the best of lives. Uh, I, was in, in, uh, I was in situations that I shouldn't have been in. Um, and those of you who know my story, you know a little bit more about all that type of stuff, what I've dealt with and things like that. But I could not get my car to start. And then God, out of nowhere, blesses me. So God will take care of us. As the word says that he will supply all of our needs, right? According to his riches and glory, that's in, in Philippians chapter 4 and all. But I knew that I was not walking in his ways. I should not have been getting his blessings. So there are times when, when God has shown his favor when I don't deserve it. All right. But here we see, with all my heart, I want your blessings. I want your blessings. I want your blessings. What does that really mean? Well, that means we, we want all that God has for us. But there's a, there, there's, a, there's a point of obedience in getting those. As it goes on, be merciful as you promised. All right? I pondered the direction of my life, and I turned to follow your laws. Ah, this is one of those light bulb moments. Blinky, 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 where the light is going off, and we're like, oh, I know why it's not working right. Oh, because I haven't been doing what I said I was going to do. This is where that obedience comes in, right? So we want these blessings, but God is saying, oh, there's so much I want to pour on you. But I can't. Because your lifestyle, your choices, your actions are preventing me from the fullness of the blessings that I want to give you. Go back to that passage in Matthew. We kind of see the same thing where, where Jesus is teaching and he says, you know, hey, the Father knows how to give good gifts. Why is he going to give you a snake when you ask him for an egg, right? Why is he going to do this when you ask him for this? And, and, and we see the same thing. God wants to bless us. But it really comes down to our obedience. Are we going to be obedient and walk in his ways so that we can receive the fullness of what God is wanting to give us? Ponder that for a second. And then ponder this verse. I pondered the direction of my life. Where is your life going? Consider. Like, like don't, don't, don't just do the little... Huh, I wonder. No, take some time today and consider your life. Are you in the right direction? Are you heading in the right direction? Some of you are going to say, yeah, yeah, I am. And it's going to be right. And some of you are going to say, yeah, and you're going to be wrong. And some of you are going to say, no, I'm not. And you're going to be right. Ponder. Ponder isn't a quick think. Ponder is a, a deep 
consideration, a knowing, a calculating, a dissecting of your life to realize where are you on track versus where are you off track. The writer said, I pondered the direction of my life. I pondered the path that I was on. I pondered that road that I was on. I pondered my habits. I pondered my mannerisms. I pondered my, my, my course altogether. And I realized, I realized something. I pondered the direction of my life. And he doesn't just leave it there. The writer figures out that he's got a few things that are wrong as well. It says, I pondered the direction of my life and I turned to follow your laws. And and, and, and so for us to see this word turn, we know that in that pondering, he realized, I'm not doing all that God has asked me to do. I'm not doing everything that I should. I'm not in that position where I think I really am. I've kind of been misleading myself I've kind of been duping myself. I've realized, hmm, I am not where I need to be. And I turned. This is the Hebrew word shub. It's where we get the word teshuva from. And it means to repent, to turn direction. So if we're going one way, we, we do a 180, we turn and go the other way. Right? This is what that word is. This word this word turned. I turned to follow your ways. So, so the writer, you know, he's marching one way. He ponders. He realizes, ah, I am not doing what God has really asked me to do. And I turn around and I go back the other direction now. The direction that does take me to God's ways. And then notice what he says. He's not going to just do a little slow waltz. No, he's, what does it say? In verse 60 here, I will hurry without delay to obey your commands. And that's where, that's where I got our title today. That's where I really want to bank for a minute here. I will hasten is another, another translation. I will hasten and not, uh, and, and not delay. I will not be reluctant. I will, I will, I'm going to go quickly. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it now. I'm not going to wait until later on when the, maybe the deal is better. No, I'm going to, I'm going to turn now and, and go back to the ways that I was supposed to be doing, to the, to the obedience that I was supposed to be giving God. I'm going to turn and go after God and do what he has asked me to do. The writer is challenging us. Right? We, we, he's not saying, now you, reader, need to do this. No, but he's showing us his, his example right here, what's going on with him. Right, that he was that he was realizing that he was on the wrong path, the wrong trail, and so what did he do? He turned around, and he ran quickly after the ways that were right. He ran quickly back into the obedient lifestyle that he should have had the whole time. This is our challenge. This is what Psalm one nineteen in this section, this het section. This is what is really pointing out to us that obedience is something that we have to run after. We have to to make a decision that we're going to do it and then go for it. No hold back. Got to go for it. And so act quickly. If you are pondering and you realize, man, I have really just not been doing what God has been asking me to do. Don't just stay there and do nothing. Turn and run quickly to obey God. Don't linger. Like that old song, do you have to let it linger? No, don't. Don't let it linger. Run. 
run the opposite direction. Run towards the obedience of, of what God is asking you to do. I'm getting fired up. Let's read the rest of the chapter here. Evil people try to drag me into sin, but I am firmly anchored to your instructions. Now that he's running, now that he's obeying, now that he, he is, is listening to God and he's having that communication with God, he is anchored. He is anchored. What does an anchor do? It kind of just stops the boat from moving around, right? So he is anchored now in his relationship with God, in his obedience to God. He is anchored. Are you anchored? Am I anchored? Man, this, this is a challenge to me as well because I can ponder, as I did this morning and as I'm sure I'm going to continue to do throughout the day today, I can ponder and I can say, oh man, there are some areas where I have not been following God all the way. I do need to turn. I need to run after God with obedience. And I need to anchor myself in Him. Right? Evil people try to drag me into sin. We're going to have those moments where, where that pull, that pull to disobey, that pull back out of, of, of obedience to God is going to be there. But he says, I am firmly anchored to your instructions. I am firmly anchored to your commandments. I'm firmly anchored to your word, God, to your law, to what you say. That's what we need to be anchored verse 62 i rise at midnight to thank you for your just regulations i am a friend to anyone who fears you and this isn't like fear like ah this is fear as in reverence right so i'm a friend to anyone who who reveres you who who reverences you anyone who obeys your commandments those are the people that he wants to hang out with not those who are going to drag him back into sin. we got enough of those going on in life, right? But the people who are going to be anchored with him and who are going to be examples of obedience, those are the ones that, that he wants to link up with because now there's going to be that community of people who are going to be anchored and obeying God. And then the last one, verse 64. O Lord, your unfailing love fills the earth. Teach me your decrees. Teach me your ways. Teach me your, your, your laws. Teach me how to continue to be obedient to your word. The writer packed a lot of stuff in here. And it is a great, great portion of eight verses for us to really dig into as we see how this obedience works. Right? As we see that that we need to be more obedient. We need to do what God is asking us to do and that there is blessing that comes with it. Blessing beyond just God taking care of us. This is, this is like that next level blessing, right? But it only comes with obedience. So how, how are you doing? Are you one who you're realizing now, you're pondering, Man, I just, I can see that as, even though I accepted Christ into my heart years ago, whatever, maybe even just weeks ago, even though I've accepted Christ into my heart, I see where I've been wrong. I see where I've let sin come in. I see where I have been disobedient to what God is asking me to do. Maybe that's you. 
as you go through the day today, as you maybe play this message back again, you, 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 you ponder, you begin to realize, I've had some selective hearing. I've been doing the things that I want to do, even though God is asking me to do more. I have not been obedient in every piece of what God is asking me. And don't feel shame. Don't feel guilt. All right? I don't want you to feel that. What you might be feeling is conviction from the Holy Spirit. And that probably the same thing that I felt when I was reading this passage. Are there still some things? God, convict me of those things that are preventing me from obeying you. Those, those sins that I am getting lured into by my quote-unquote friends and such. So you might be feeling the conviction of the Holy Spirit. Follow that conviction. What is, what is the Spirit asking you to do? What's He guiding you into? I'm going to guess that it's going to be the same answer as what I'm getting. Repentance. God, forgive me for these areas where I have gone off, done my own thing, had that selective hearing, not obeyed you fully, not obeyed you at all. Forgive me for those areas. I make that decision to turn around, away from the disobedience and in the path of obedience. Make that decision. If this is you, make that decision. And then, what does the next part say? I will hurry without delay to obey your commands. Be one of those who hurries after God's ways. That, that, that now, when he speaks to you, it's not a, mm, I'm going to pretend I didn't hear that, put my fingers in my ears. No. Be the one who runs after what God is asking you to do. God might ask you to do something simple. He might ask you to do something crazy. Either way, be those ones who run after him, who, who run towards obedience. I will hurry, not delay, without delay, to obey your commands. Let that be you. I want to say just one more thing. I want to go up one verse to 56 here. So not in the section that we read, but another strong verse about obedience. It says, this is how I spend my life, obeying your commands, your commandments. I want that to be something that we can say just as easily as this author did. This is how I spend my life, obeying your commandments. Let's obey his commandments. I know that sometimes the world seems like it's got it all together. It seems like it's going to be a great old time, but guarantee, I guarantee you, it ain't all that. I've been around the block a few times. I haven't done everything, trust me. But I've done enough to realize that, you know what? There is an emptiness that comes with following the world's ways. But there is a fulfillment that comes when we obey God's ways. So I urge you to ponder today, and if you need to, to repent, and then definitely from there, hurry to obey.
Hey, thanks. I'm Pastor Dan. Join me again next time. We'll look into God's Word some more. Have a great rest of your day. Thanks. Hey, this is Pastor Daniel. Thank you for taking the time to listen to the Obedient Sheep podcast. If you'd like to get more information on this ministry or even get in contact with me, please go to obedientsheep.net. There you'll be able to leave your information, drop a line, send a prayer request, or even check out the other resources that are available. Thank you again for checking out this ministry, and we hope you have a blessed day.